up, everybody? Welcome back to the Comic-Con Podcast, Season 2, Episode 13. We are recording this on March the 30th, a little early because uh, myself, I am heading out to Anaheim, California. Go check out WonderCon for the first time. Going to be chilling with my man TiVo from Lords of the Longbox and hitting up all those West Coast cats. So uh, that's why we're doing it two days early. So hopefully this news is still relevant when you boys and girls hear it on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or even sometime next week. But of course, I got my man Manimal with me. What's going on, buddy? Uh, just sitting over here jealous that you're going out to WonderCon and I can't go. Um, I really wanted to go. was planning on going as well. But some work stuff came up and just wasn't able to swing it. But I'd gone a couple of years ago and met tim tivo for like the first time in person and had a blast at WonderCon. so you're gonna have a lot of fun man all the cali cats are real cool so yeah you guys are gonna have a good uh, he time said, he said some of the guys that normally do go aren't going but uh oh you know, really? I hit up our i hit up gabe i hit up our buddy you know ninja comics gabe loves 90s comics he'll be there on friday so i should see him on saturday the big to do of course tim cover price guys the krs guys i'm really excited to go check everything out and it's gonna be my first time all the way out in california so it's gonna be definitely a good show Who's Gabe um, going with? I don't know. I really don't know. Because he's out in he Vegas. Is he going with like Torpedo or something maybe? I don't know. He just says he's driving down oh. uh, Friday night. So cool. kind of go from there. So, uh, But of course, this week, we are rounding out the month of March, even though this is, of course, dropping on April the 1st. But we have our guest with us for Women's Month. We have uh, a good friend of mine, someone I've known in the community for a while. And I figure, you know, if You've been listening to the podcast since the beginning. You've actually heard um, her husband here on a couple times, uh, our buddy Juan from the Comic Book Fiend Club. But we have Jen. How are you, Jen? Good. Just, you know, a little nervous for today. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> no it's reason right. to be nervous. <laughs> yeah, no reason to be nervous. Again, we're we're doing this. It's We're, we're very unprofessional at times. Um, <laughs> Extremely <cursing>. unprofessional. <laughs> So, um, Jen, where can people find you on uh, on social media if they want to check you out while they're listening to us here on the podcast? Um, so on Instagram, I'm Nerdy and Inked. I recently started actually TikTok, which is crazy. Um, I actually do some videos there of stuff that I kind of collect on the side that isn't always comic book, you know, mm -hmm. centered. But yeah. Mostly, uh, yeah, I'm on we're gonna Instagram. definitely. I definitely want to get into that, Jen, because you have your Instagram is not just one thing. Like for me, it's either comic books and cats and my wife, and comic that's books literally and the only cats. three. That's literally the only things I post. You have just a smorgasbord of, of stuff that you post, which is really awesome. So I definitely want to get into all the aspects of things that you collect here um, and posting everywhere. Um, for and then, of course, you also do have a YouTube channel, right? What's the What's the YouTube channel? Yeah, so we recently um, kind of just put my channel and Juan's channel together. So it's Retro Nerdy. I think it's Retro and Nerdy. I'm probably butchering the name, but <laughs> that's where we kind of just collaborated just because we figured we collect together. So we might as well just do just a video, um, a YouTube channel, just of, you know, what we pick up throughout our little adventures. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the what do they say? The couple that collects together stays together, right? But I, I mean, I don't think Justin and I know neither of our wives collect comics by any means. So hopefully that's not the hard and fast rule to successful marriages. 
it, it can yeah. be a little, you know, it can be a little sometimes challenging because, you know, when you want to pick up something that's that you both want, but it's pricey, it's like, oh, it can be tricky. <laughs> well, if you both want it, it should be like a little easier. You only have to buy one and you share, right? Like, a, Yeah, like that's a, what recently happened when we picked up um, the first appearance of Electra. That was something that we both had our eyes on. Mm-hmm. So it was it just so happened that we found it at the at the King Kong show. Awesome. But that's good, too, because especially like uh, obviously not a visual media, but you have tons of statues in the back. And I know both you collect statues, Juan collects statues. So it's like if there's like a statue out there that's just say, you know, four hundred dollars, at least both of you can kind of split and be like, it's our statue. It's not just my statue. Like, I don't think I could do that with like my wife. I don't know. It'd be weird. (laughs) My stuff like. (laughs) Hey, loan me two hundred dollars for a statue I want. (laughs) I think that's how it started, actually, because um, I think the first one I I want to say the first one that Juan ever got me was the Harley Quinn statue, and then it kind of just snowballed from there. Because then after that, I think we picked up Doctor Doom, and then <laughs> it just started to unravel as we kept picking them up. But now they're actually in storage, just because right now with the space we're kind of limited. So this might be a, a dangerous question, but how how many times does Juan actually buy you something like a gift for you that he secretly wants as well? And he's like, hey, look, I got this for you, but it's also kind of for him. Uh, that actually happens a few times. We actually do that a lot with comic books, actually. Yeah. Awesome. Hmm. So, uh, Jen, kind of uh, let's get a little bit of a background. Like, when did you start collecting? How did you start collecting? You know, what was your like first introduction into the world of whether it's comic books or collecting toys, statues, like what was the first thing that you were like, I got to start getting this for whatever reason? Um, so I think it, it originally started with my brothers just because they used to watch a lot of Ninja Turtles. They used to watch a lot of, of the Batman the animated series. So I guess like growing up with them kind of opened the door a little bit to a lot of comic books. My brother actually used to draw a lot of um comic book characters so i think that kind of opened the, the door like to introduce it to me mm-hmm. so i think it started there but then as i got older and i used to live in new york so i used to go to midtown comics a lot and believe it or not the two books that i always picked up was harley quinn and hot girl those were always my two books that i always picked up but then um when i actually started dating Juan, it, <laughs> I somehow inherited a short box uh, <laughs> of comic books. So that's that's how that started. So would you say <clears throat> Harvey Quinn, is that still kind of your go-to? Your go-to character? Yeah, she is. Yeah. She has a so special when, place in my heart. <laughs> so I, I know you're you're obviously, yeah, you're, you're definitely big. You're heavier, I would say, heavier on the DC side because of all the DC collectible statues that I can see in the back. And I could pick, I could pick apart a lot of them in the background. Um, you know, what, obviously what makes Harley Quinn and like Hawker, Hawker, the characters that you like the most, you know, what is it that attracts you to those type of characters? Um, I think for me, when I saw Harley Quinn in the animated series, I just liked her, her attitude, like the fact that she was kind of different. She was also, you know, secretly smart. So, mm-hmm. and then reading the comic books that kind of also, you know, attracted me more to her. And then Hawk Girl, I just love the fact that she was strong and she could fly. Yeah, the Hawk characters also just look so cool. Both Hawkman yeah. and Hawk Girl. They're just so badass looking. 
So, um, of course, not only, you know, and Juan's told this story that, you know, you both met at New York Comic-Con and then he proposed to you at New York Comic-Con, which is an amazing story. And first time Juan was here on the podcast, you know, we discussed that. And, you know, I, I said, it'd be great to meet a girl at, at a comic convention like that. You know, it's something that I'm sure happens at, at many conventions, but, you know, you guys have a pretty amazing story. And that's something that uh, we've talked about a few times, um, even in our normal conversations outside of the podcast and uh, when Juan and I talk about the the comic book world. So, you know, and also you've now been, uh, I don't know how many years you've been in the comic book fiend club as a member, but what's that like being a woman in the comic book fiend club? Cause something that we've talked about over the past month is how, you know, men have typically dominated this community. There's now a lot of women here in the comic book world. So, you know, what's that like being a woman in the comic book fiend club? Because I know there's a lot of members as well. Yeah. There's so, so definitely a lot more guys, but <laughs> it's it's always great when you see other, like, especially women in the comic book community, just because, you know, you would never think that you weren't the only one, you know, mm -hmm. that enjoys collecting. And even if it's like different things aside from comic books, even if it's like figures or anime, it's just, I like that we're kind of, you know, there's more of us coming out and, you know, so if anybody ever wants to join, you know, they, they don't just generally just see all the guys, you know, it's also us women in there too. So it's definitely, it's definitely amazing to see how much uh, we've grown how many uh how many women are in uh what are you you're in the east chapter is that right the east chapter yes how many would you say there are women in the um, east chapter club? i think right now in the east there's only two okay Don't that's ask cool me though what the total is because <laughs> <laughs> that's my next question <laughs> you well, how about it. roughly do you roughly know jen like how many are in the all the chapters hmm. maybe or at least yeah. maybe in the u.s i don't know about like the international and canada um Oh my God, I'm going to, I hope I get this right. But if I don't, <laughs> I do apologize. Maybe Juan, like nine. <laughs> it's about nine. I should right. ask him, but I'm going to take quick, a quick, guess on it. Like here. snap your fingers and be like, Juan, Juan, they're asking me a question I don't know. <laughs> There's a TV blocking me, so I don't even think he can, he can see me. <laughs> well, nine's not a bad number. I think um, I want to say nine. But again, if I did get that wrong, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. So, I mean, I obviously I know you, and I know Pretty Nerdy, mm -hmm. um, who's also um, with I can't think of his name. He's also in the Comic Book Fiend Club as well, and I follow mm -hmm. both of them. Um, and they all and they also have a channel. Pretty Nerdy has a YouTube as well, and I'm sure TikTok and everything is Instagram. So, with with your many avenues of collecting, uh, I I wanted to pick apart your your Instagram. So right on your tagline, you have you know you have. Um, Comics, anime, horror, photography. How would you rank those? Like, what would be your your top five? Five uh, down to one. I think it would have to be probably because of everything I have going on on my page right now. It probably would have to be like comic books, anime, horror. It's certain um, certain horror. Like, I generally mostly it's more like the Universal monsters, mm -hmm. and then. Now I'm starting to get into collecting um, Godzilla. So it's a cluster of things. It always does. It's always expansion. Right. Yeah. So what would you say, <clears throat> unlike your, okay, so weekly, do, are you buying comics weekly or are you buying like 
you doing pops weekly? Like, how does your, your weekly budget for pop culture, I guess, go? It we varies. Focus. It varies. Especially when I go to shows, I just, for some reason, I have a budget in mind, but it never stays that way. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's about ready to blow his budget at WonderCon this weekend. I guarantee yeah. you. So. I, I, pre-show, Zach and I were talking, and I, my carry-on and book bag are already full. And I, and I have one of those like clamshell comic book binders that I used mm. to bring to shows to like put the nice books in, but that's going to get full and I may have to have someone either ship books back to me or I'm going to ship them out myself before I leave on, on Sunday. And I just know it's going to happen because I went to Dallas and I had to have everything in my, you know, my book bag, my carry on everything. So WonderCon is going to be uh, so much fun. But uh, speaking of conventions, you and Juan and some other members of the Combo Fiend Club just did King Kong. And, and we had Greg here on the show a couple of weeks ago prior to the show. You know, how is that um, setting up, you know, and just kind of being in the community like that was it's something different for you. Right. Because you and, and Juan, the Combo Fiend Club have only really set up at a few shows. But, mm-hmm. you know, what's that kind of being like, like a normal community member being able to set up, not like a normal vendor? Um. It's crazy because the show that we did last year, I don't think we really expected it to be so, like, not packed, but it was really popular. And there was, we thought we were going to walk away with, you know, keeping some stuff that we would have to, you know, bring back to the storage or, but um, a lot of it actually did sell at the last minute. And it was great because, you know, you also, like, at the last show, we had someone just buy the entire everything that we had left on the table mm-hmm. and you know we really weren't expecting that but we were really really grateful for it because you know it went to a good cause so that's always that's always the main focus is you know it, it it's going to something to help others so that's always you know that's always something that we wanted to kind of do more of but yeah it's definitely a new ex- you know new experience setting up and having everything ready and you know making sure that everything is set up especially since Juan wanted to take his whole streaming equipment. <laughs> so yeah, I was, was kind of checking fun. in. I was checking in uh as I could on YouTube because you guys were streaming all day. You had the camera set up and um either if I was trying to watch it on on the live on live, if not if I was trying to catch it on the rewind, just seeing everybody walk by. But you guys had a good spot. Um mm-hmm. and I'm sure that you know that's that's always a great thing, especially at a show and the fact that he did bring all that stuff. But you know what you know, obviously there was this was the second show, and mm-hmm. we've talked to Greg. I went to the first one. Unfortunately, I was in Dallas this past uh, two weeks ago, so I couldn't go. But you know, for anybody who's considering going for the third one, setting up or just going, you know, what was it like? Was it packed? Was it especially a um, one day show? It was actually really organized. So when we got there, they already let us know like what time the day before we had to have we have to have you know the setup and. So we kind of already had an idea of what we were bringing, what um, some other members were bringing. So it just kind of was just a matter of setting up. But thankfully, you know, all of that was really taken care of before we got there. So it was just the table and then just setting everything up and, you know, making it look nice and presentable. <laughs> but, yeah, it was it was really it was really well, well organized, I got to say. So what, like, <clears throat> when you go to the cons, what are you looking for? What's kind of like your grail right now this year? Are you, or what are you currently hunting? Oh, that's a good question. 
It's like the um, worst question too, because it's always like <laughs> 20 things, right? Like, oh, I think I want this, but here's nine other things that I really would like to have as well. I want to say, well, there's a book that I've, that I didn't know I needed, but <laughs> um, that I'm going to pick up re like pretty soon. It's the Archie comics. It's the first appearance of Godzilla on a, like on a U.S. Uh, comic, I think. Hmm. Yeah, so that that's one thing that I didn't even know existed because, like I said, I just kind of got into the reading the the Godzilla books and trying to collect the whole run. So I think that's one of the things that I'm going to be getting that's completing my collection. Yeah, see, that's like cool. that's that's definitely what happens is it spirals out of control <laughs> when yeah. you start. You, you have your goal in mind. Like I have my goal of trying to complete Batman, which will never happen, but I I work on it gradually. <laughs> then I always do some Star Wars if I see like rare Transformers variants. And now this year, because of my boy Jeff, Comic Dunes, and, you know, even like Stampede, these guys post all these video game things. And I'm like, now oh, I'm yeah, down I know. the rabbit hole of video game comics. <laughs> and and Jeff was here at my, my place uh, yesterday picking up some comics. And I had to show off like some of my, you know, stuff, some of my uh, comics. And it's just like, hey, check out this Mega Man number one and Gears of War number one. It's like, books that i would have never started picking up and now it's like i went down this rabbit hole of video game comics and when you go to a shop you don't really know if a video game because i'm i'm definitely a gamer before i was in the comics and i still mm -hmm. am gaming is definitely my number one thing i never now i have to like go a to z and look through all the books because it's just like I, if i don't know a video game had a comic until i get to that section be like oh my god they have this i was like i need this Right, from like some publisher that's never been heard of ever again or something like that, right? Yeah, some random no-name. Uh, Just like yeah. um, not not video game related, but it is um, anime related. So about, I think last year, I started to look for this Sailor Moon um, comic that was apparently a CDC exclusive. Mm -hmm. But there's two. So there's a silver mm -hmm. one, a silver cover and a pink cover. That for some reason, that book graded goes for about a thousand dollars. Wow! And wow. I don't, I, I gave up trying to find that book. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know where or why. I think it's just because it was a limited print, and then uh, it's been really hard to find. So I just kind of, I gave up looking for that book. So thanks to Michelle from Moonlit Comics talking about her hunts and putting together runs and stuff. I've been since then, now like back in there. I don't, I'm not trying to put together runs or have them for probably like two or three years now, but now I'm picking up any ghost rider bronze age I can find, like trying to put together a whole run. I'm sitting here just looking at a stack of probably like 11 or 12 bronze age ghost rider books that I picked up recently. And it's fun. Like I haven't, like I said, I haven't done it in a long time, but you know, I was a collector before and now it's kind of fun to get back into it, which I really haven't been in that collecting mode in a very long time, but it's, it's definitely cool. And Jen, I feel like that's something that you're you're more of a collector than a speculator or a seller, right? Yeah, you definitely yeah. collect for the you collect the hobby. You read your books, and obviously even toys and, and anime and stuff like that. Right? Yeah, yep, I do. That's why I when I went to the show, I had brought my the store folio. I have one of um, Vampirella. I feel like did I say that right? Okay. Yeah, because I'm, I'm spacing on everything today um but for some reason i walked in with it completely empty 
and towards the end of the show it was completely full to the mm -hmm. point that i couldn't even fit books in there <laughs> and it wasn't even stuff that i was looking to pick up it just so i just so happened to find it so speaking of anime because I, I i gotta ask you because i'm Again, that's another thing that I, I like about your page is that you do post all different types of anime. You know, what was kind of your intro into animation? Your, was it your brothers? And also part two of this question is what's your favorite anime? Either of all time or currently? Um, well, Juan has been kind of helping me get into some of the older anime. Because like a lot of the anime that I watched growing up was kind of girly. So some of it was like, Inuyasha, some of it was Digimon, some of it was Pokemon, then um, Sailor Moon, Zoids. So it, it's, it kind of varies. So Juan's kind of been introducing me to some older anime like Afro Samurai, and he's introduced me to uh, Berserk, which I, mm. I never even watched before. But that's That's been fun. Hey, you got to start somewhere. Uh, all, literally all those, I knew all those all the different titles that you just said like I, when you said digimon like digimon was like something even though it's like that came out when i was older but still like i still liked it i still watched it um inuyasha pokemon of course zoids like that definitely brings me back so people that are listening to this when you hear that sometimes when you hear that especially here on the podcast or when i listen to someone on youtube and they they drop a name of something and it just like immediately brings you back in time to that time where like i remember that show or like I yeah. remember having those toys and now it's like you want to go out and get those collectibles. Yeah, believe it or not, um the Digimon figures were I had almost most maybe like 20 of them when I was growing up. Um but for some reason uh been collecting a lot of them recently, but it's been really hard because I like to have them in complete. Like the card needs to be nice or you know at least decent looking. Mm -hmm. so <laughs> that also has grown and for some reason these figures have been really expensive to get the most expensive one i have is like over maybe like 200 so i've been going down a dark hole it's usually how it works right yeah and then once it's you not start comic it's, books, it's figures oh god <laughs> I, I thank god i only collect comic books because you know I, I tried the statue game for a little bit like i purchased one statue and i was like wow this is really cool and then it took a year to get and then I got it and I was like, God, oh, it still looks pretty cool. And then I was like, what? It's just sitting here. Like, what can I do with this thing? I just got to look at it. That's all I got to do. And I was like, this shit's got to be sold. No more. I can't do this. Clean it. <laughs> and then I get to clean it. No, that's not that. That life wasn't for me. Yeah, it's a, it's almost like the same that I've been going through with my bombshell figures back yeah. here. There we go. <laughs> a lot of them, believe it or not, um, were given to me by one of my one of the club members steve the battleholic so yeah. mm -hmm. a lot of them were gifts and that's how this kind of started so <laughs> and then the first one i ever bought was at baltimore and that was the batgirl halloween uh bombshell statue and then from there again it just <laughs> it has grown starts with one I know that feeling too. I start. Right. I'm speaking of Batgirl. My first, uh, when they did the DC Cover Girls line, the first line with, well, not the first line, the second line with Art Germ, when he did all of them, I bought the Batgirl because I was like, oh, cool, I can display it with her first appearance, and then right. that literally went down every one that came out or ones that came out previously. I was like, well, now I got to start getting into this line, and they're not, they're not bad. They're like nine inches tall, but 
it's tough sometimes to hunt them down if they're either mm -hmm. older or out of print. But yeah, they then they take up a lot more space. So I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, but the, even like for me, the boxes I don't. I've tried to kind of tell myself, well, if you you know you want to declutter, just get rid of the boxes. I can't because I we move, so I'm scared. Some of them actually, some of them actually broke in the move the last time. So some of like the name plates are cracked or like my Zatanna figure that I had also the one of the fingers ended up breaking. But, you know, I just ended up gluing it together because I, I can't, I can't get rid of them. So Jen, as a, you know, comic book collector, especially here in the comic book world, how have the men treated you? here in this community of uh nothing but guys um i they've been pretty you know welcoming even you know have helped me when i've been looking for specific books so i do have to say there is you know a great deal of almost like family oriented just because you know even if we we want to help each other out to look for a book or you know even to strike up a conversation you know they've a lot of the a lot of the men in the community have been very welcoming and you know they've been just great i do have to say so that kind of like ties into the question i've kind of asked all of our guests this month is you know and you kind of just answer it so but very similar you know like how is it being uh, a woman in the comic book community seeing seeing as how it is so much it seems like it's male oriented you know and like trying to fit in and everything yeah i mean i it's great especially when i see other women collecting or like digging through bins or looking for you know to start their own collection you know that's really great to see because you know i feel like especially with the movies and you know or maybe their partner is into comics so it kind of opens the door for them as well so it mm -hmm. it's, it's really great to see you know just because even when you have like little girls like looking for comic books or dressing as the characters you know it's it's always great to see yeah, that is. And we've been saying it all month is, you know, it's nice to see a change in the community and, and whether it's just, you know, women or age groups or, or whatever, like it's always good to see the hobby and the community grow and change from men, which has predominantly been like for, you know, as long as Justin and I have really been alive. So um, it, it's nice to see the changes. It means not only in the collecting and the community, things will change, but like, you know, it also, I feel like it also trans transfers over to like the stories that are being told and we get more um, diversity and changes in stories and different characters, which always is good. You know, you, you want to keep things changing and moving. So um, yeah. I like and even it. me, even me, like in, as a member in the comic fiend club, I, one thing I've always said is, you know, if anyone, whether you collect figures, comics, or even cards, or, you know, it's just. I always leave the door open to anyone who wants to have or strike up a conversation just because, you know, that's what it's about. It's building friendships. It's, you know, building, you know, getting to know people. And that's just how you do it. It's just kind of, you know, making, you know, making conversations here and there. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, um, Jen, I know your time is valuable and uh, <laughs> I appreciate you jumping on a little earlier today. You know, so we again, we're, we're going to close out. Uh, this month of Women's Month with you, Jen. Uh, Nerdy and Inked is where you can find Jen on Instagram. Of course, also on her YouTube. Um, what's the YouTube again? Retro and Nerdy. Retro and Nerdy. 
Awesome. I answered that um, like it was a question. <laughs> <laughs> I had There's a question there. mark at the end of that as you're searching for it. Um, well, with real quick, Jen, while when I'm going to go to WonderCon, please shoot me uh, the screenshots or pictures of those Sailor Moons, and I will look for those books while I'm out there because I'm definitely going to be going in long boxes. And maybe if it's up on the wall, I'll hit you up and say, hey, they got it out here. Um, and if it's a decent price, you know, I'll grab it yeah. for, you, for you. So I appreciate um, Jen, it. Really I also still have your book, you so. <laughs> oh, I know. Jen, yeah, Jen. <laughs> it's in my backpack, like? so I'm ready for the <laughs> like next show. <laughs> It's been like a year since you've said that you you owe me this book, <laughs> and unfortunately, I go to I go to Dallas, you go to King Con, and I'm like, I'm not going. <laughs> it's okay. It's gonna stay in my backpack until I go to a next convention, and you're there. <laughs> I awesome. promise. So, Jen, we really appreciate you jumping on here um, on the Comic Con podcast. So, any Thank closing words me. before you bounce out of here? Just don't, you know, be yourself. Just. That's the best thing that I can say is just don't be afraid to, you know, show your collection, whether it's, like I said, anime, comics, you know, just it's all about us being nerds and appreciating the collections that we have. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate yeah. having you. Thank you for having me on. This was actually really a lot of fun. All right, Jen. Well, uh, we'll definitely next time we'll have you and Juan on the same time. So uh, we'll get a big. I'm sure uh, he will love that. Oh <laughs> my God! Absolutely. So uh, again, everyone, make sure you go follow Jen on Instagram, Nerdy and Ink, to check out her and Juan's, uh, the Retro Goon. Check out their YouTube channel, and uh, we're gonna let Jen go. Take care, and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Nice meeting you, and thank you for everything, and thank you for having Bye, me on. Jen, for sure. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Well, shout out to Jen for being here on the podcast. We really appreciate Jen again coming on and all the women that we've had this month on the podcast for Women's Month. We definitely will have them on again uh, sooner rather than later. We are always talking to the women here in the community, so uh, we'll definitely have some of them on. And of course, everyone that listens, we always like to hear from you. So, you know, if you want to come on, you got a YouTube, Instagram, content creator. That's what it's all about. We want to bring people that you don't know about you. Maybe they should because, you know, we've been learning a lot of stuff having uh, Michelle on, Sade, and Jen here as well. So, of course, let's get into some of the articles. And oh, man. What is this about? Oh, man. We got to talk about this. So this is from comicbookresources.com. And uh, the headline for this article is Flash star Ezra Miller reportedly threatened to kill couple gets hit with restraining order. So I feel like we have to talk about this because this isn't the first time with Ezra Miller. Like, I think it was back in... 2020 there was that video of him choking that woman remember in iceland in Reykjavik? yes iceland i came remember out? that yeah yeah so even when that came out i was like wow yikes i wonder if they're gonna go through with this flash movie because this, you know we're in that time period where you know any mistake can get you canceled so him strangling and choking a woman was a pretty big deal but apparently they figured it all out and they decided to go through with it and uh we've seen what's going to be happening with the flash and then now this happens so apparently a couple files restraining order against ezra miller after the actor allegedly threatened to kill them and stole their belongings so <laughs> the, the, i guess the backstory is so random dude i guess ezra miller is living with this couple in hawaii i'm assuming you know filming for some movie or whatever not really sure why he's staying with these people or whatever but uh mm -hmm. Allegedly, according to court documents, Miller burst into the couple's bedroom and is quoted saying, I will bury you and your slut wife. The order also states Ezra Miller is famous and wealthy 
This makes access to weapons much easier, as well as sending associates to harass the couple. So along with a wallet, the actor reportedly took social security card, passport, driver's license, and bank cards. At the time of this writing, these items have not yet been returned to the couple. So I guess that's not the only thing. Apparently, there was a police report also stating that Miller yelled obscenities at bar patrons who were singing karaoke. They then grabbed the microphone from a 23-year-old woman singing karaoke and later lunged at a 32-year-old man playing darts. The report (laughs) added the bar owners attempted to calm Miller several times but was unable to. The Justice League star's bail was set at $500, which the couple reportedly paid. So let's, let's, let's unpack this. So apparently... In 2020, he choked a woman, and then at some bar in Hawaii, he lunged at someone with karaoke or grabbed the karaoke microphone from someone, lunged at a man playing darts, bad enough that the cops came and he was arrested, and then a couple bailed him out bailed him out for $500, who he then went on to rob them and tell them that he would bury, them and, bury the man and his slut wife. This guy seems deranged, okay? Um mm-hmm. I, I don't know about this, dude. Like at this point, I don't know how anyone supports. And I'm not even like a I'm not a big cancel. I'm, I'm not a cancel culture person at all. But if we're canceling people, and Ezra Miller is still staying around, like what the fuck, dude? Like this don't make yeah. any sense to me. So because he's also in the uh, the Fantastic Beasts, uh, right? Which movie as well, bro? Which let's keep in mind they they took Johnny Depp out of. Because of the issues with his wife. So the domestic charges that I think, don't quote me on this because I I don't follow this because I don't care enough, but Johnny Depp got cleared from that stuff with Amber Heard, I think, and they still took him out of Fantastic Beasts and replaced him, his character, with a different actor. So I think it was Ezra Miller. No. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. No, it was... um, I don't know. I didn't even watch... I don't watch those. I've never seen any of the Fantastic Beasts because I just don't like... And we've talked about this. I just don't like Harry Potter. Ooh, we just lost tons of I, listeners. Sorry, bro. I'm sorry. It's just, I, as I, much as the Hogwarts Legacy video <laughs> game looks amazing, and I probably will play it, but I don't know. I don't. You know what? Like with this, I don't care. Uh, to be honest, I don't really care if they cancel him or not. If they don't, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. Um, well, here it is. I don't they'll, really they'll like Ezra in, Miller. He'll, he'll be in the Flash movie, and then they'll have like an end credit scene where he flashes into the Speed Force, and then another. <laughs> Flash right. comes out, and they're exactly. just gonna have to rewrite. It won't be Barry Allen anymore. They'll immediately cast a a Wally West. Exactly. I mean, Flash is set up perfectly. Where you know, oh dang it, Barry's gone. He's stuck in the Speed Force. Now we got Wally West. So, um, I I didn't like honestly in all of the Justice League, whether the original or the Snyder cut, he was my least favorite, and he's probably the Flash character is my favorite out of the Justice League members. So, anyway, yeah, interesting but, story. And- and I guess, but here's also a thing, speaking of, um, obviously, Ezra Miller and Justice League and Zack Snyder, at the Oscars, they won the most cheer-worthy moment at the Oscars, which was like a fan fan theme uh, Oscar for when Barry enters into the Speed Force and like oh, reverses really? time. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. that, that, that won an Oscar. Um, it was kind of like behind the scenes, but huh. <laughs> it actually Awkward. beat Spider-Man and uh, Avengers. So most interesting, interesting enough that we're talking about Ezra Miller. That's cool. So um, sticking with movies, and this is obviously something that we didn't get to last week, and I feel like it was kind of maybe it might have been in between, but we've been, we've had the Batman. Matt Reeves has been out for a few weeks, but recently, last week, 
there was a teaser of a two-minute clip that showed up online, and then all of a sudden a five-minute clip showed up online with Batman meeting the Joker in uh, in Arkham. So we definitely want to talk about this a little bit, and I kind of want to do my take because there's a lot of people that are complaining about this, good mm-hmm. and bad. But so over at inverse.com, you have the Batman director reveals his Joker's ridiculously new origin story. So, of course, like I said, it's about a five-minute clip if you haven't seen it yet because you haven't seen the movie. Obviously, don't watch the clip, but go check it out if you can. Uh, I highly recommend it. So, in a recent interview with Matt Reeves, he kind of offers up his origins of the story of the Joker. So, Matt Reeves explained that he has a congenital disease where he can't stop smiling, and it's horrific. Expanding further on Barry Coogan, who, of course, was in Eternals, his version of the... Gotham's clown, Prince of Climb. Reeves added, it's not about some version where he falls into a vat of chemicals and his face is distorted, or what Nolan did where it's some mystery of how he got the scars on his face. Instead, Reeves revealed that he's forced to live this crazy life where he always is smiling his entire life. And in response to the reactions he's received, he's actually formed a kind of uh, cynical perception that within within the ba- the Batman arch nemesis and he quotes even as a child people looked at him with horror reeve said and his response was to say okay so a joke was played on me and that was the nihilistic take on the world so i've watched the clip i watched the two minute clip i watched the five minute clip i've watched it a few times Mm -hmm. there's a lot of youtubers out there that i i I watch or you know just randomly search and stuff like that and everyone's like hating on this saying that it's not original and you you go ahead and you try to do better than Joker or Heath Ledger's Joker. And I don't even think it's being better than Heath Ledger's Joker. I think this is a completely different take on it. And you also have to realize that this is so early that I remember even Matt Reeves said prior to this, that the Joker isn't the Joker yet. Like none of these characters are like uh, Colin Farrell's right. Cobblepot is not the penguin yet. It's, and Selena's not Catwoman yet. So he's like a clown. I think it, it looks amazing. I think this character, whether we get the Joker in the next movie or I'm hoping we don't, we talked about this on the spoilers, that I think he will come, but I think he's just awesome. And a lot of people are already complaining, well, you know, can you, you got to compare him to Heath Leather's Joker. You have to compare him to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I think this is like a different take altogether. And I, I'm I'm excited to see what they go. And I think any character... This just goes to show that Matt Reeves can probably drop any villain into these movies and it's going to be amazing. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I saw the clip. Uh, I thought it was cool. I wasn't blown away by it. Um, I think I'm, maybe this is just my mentality, you know, across the board with the Batman in general. And I don't want anyone, I don't want this to come across like negative because I I have explained this to people and I feel like all anyone's hearing, there is kind of a little toxic fan base right now, I feel like, for the Batman. It's like, if you don't think it's the greatest Batman movie ever, you don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, you know, chill the fuck out here, okay? Um, I liked the Batman. I thought it was good. I don't think it's the best. But I also preface this by saying, I didn't feel the same way about Batman Begins at the time. And now I think it's a great movie. And like, I think you got to look at the larger story, as we will see with Matt Reeves down the line. I think the things he's done are amazing. I think it's going to be great. And I think I'll look back at this in a, in the Batman with like a, a better opinion as other movies come out. But right now it's it's just it's good. It's good. It's not great. It's good. It's probably very good. Okay. But <laughs> this and you've only seen it once, right? I've only seen it once, yeah. Okay. The um the Joker scene was cool. Um, I don't I, you know, 
like I said, I wasn't blown away by it. There wasn't anything outrageous about it. You know, it is hard to say. I don't think it's fair to compare the actors. It's tough because you always, let's be honest, it's always going to be Heath Ledger. And I think that's just the case. Um, I, you know, so it's always tough to come out and act after. We've spoke about that ad nauseum in terms of, you know, having the Joker and somewhat overshadows the Batman story a little bit, but they're doing it. You know, but keep in mind, like you said, people are pissed about this, bro. This ain't, this is like not even canon pretty much. He took it out of the movie. So I, you can't even consider this as like the story. Like you said, it's still in development. He can come back later and be like, okay, nah, you know, I'm not really feeling that take. Let's do a different take on the Joker. Um, the whole like congenital disease thing, you know, cool, I guess. I mean, not, you know, I don't really care, but it is in my mind. I, when I first read that, I thought, well, it's kind of a ripoff a little bit of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker because he had that like disease as well where he just laughed, you know, like mm -hmm. they make it so it's very, which I get, you're grounding it and you're making it realistic. But that was kind of Joaquin Phoenix's thing. It was like the guy had this, you know, disorder as well, if you will, where he just laughed all the time and this guy smiles all the time. Okay, cool. Makes sense. I mean, I, I would kind of explain a little bit. Well, it's um, kind of the reason, and you, the reason why he kind of looks the way he does is because he just, growing up he literally got the shit beat out of him right that's the easiest way to put it and right so that that's realistically what it is and i get you know you could see that from obviously the way matt reeves does the, you know the camera like even when it's not in focus like it's you're like wow it's kind of gruesome and horrifying and then when you see it in focus you're like whoa this is mm -hmm. like some next level stuff i think it'll be cool you know like they're gonna do it let's do it you know what i mean obviously i love the joker um, I wasn't blown away by the scene. I thought it was cool. Um, mm. it would have been cool to have in the theater as well, but even in the theater, I don't think I would have been blown away by it. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm man. glad that it was a deleted scene. I definitely think, uh, it would have taken away. Like if right. you would have seen this in the movie, you would have been like, okay, when is he going to show up again? Or is he going to break out at the end? Like you're always already thinking that, right. but I think with this just being a deleted scene and, and I like how it is. And I like how he talks to Batman and, I'm, I'm, I think even from Eternals, like I liked him as a character. As, oh yeah, as Druid, like, and for him now to be this character, I can already see it. Like I can see him expanding the Joker lineage of how the past mm. three Jokers have been great, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, I'm all for it. Let's let's keep it going. So, so what else do we got on the board for uh, articles this uh, week? So another kind of controversial maybe i don't know if country and i don't know if i should say another the, the ezra miller one wasn't controversial that shit's just <laughs> fucked up but uh another article we have talking about comic books here is uh this comes from bleeding cool it's marvel is canceling shang chi at issue 13 and you're gonna replace it with a new number one shang chi and the 10 rings so before we get into like the what the article talks about obviously you know Justin and i have talked about it a million times marvel is the premier king of number one issues and just restarting and rebooting everything. And I'm actually reading the Shang-Chi run right now and it's good. Like I, I enjoy it. It very much focuses on the five weapons society. It has a very immortal iron fist feel to it. Um, and it's good. But um, this article, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess this kind of dovetails as well as with like the, the cancel culture, you know, but basically it came out that Simu Liu star of Marvel Shang-Chi and the legend of 10 rings was stating that he would not sign any master of Kung Fu comics or other comics deemed offensive. 
All autographs from Simu will be signed in English only. Um, honestly, I don't know about that. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like this guy is just a little extra, bro. Like Simu, mm. like he's he's made comments where I'm just like, okay, dude, just I don't know. And you know what? I'm not trying to like downplay whatever it, you know it's not it's performance, not performance but no no not that like his you know his concerns with cultural cultural appropriation and the offensive nature and stuff obviously i'm a white guy i i don't i can't understand that you know so i'm not trying to speak on that but at some point it's like come on dude just just play the role okay you know like it does not everything has to be a grandstand like you know soapbox and honestly i find it extremely offensive that this guy who's playing Shang-Chi, who's now making his career off Shang-Chi, refuses to sign any of the work and art that was done prior to whether he likes it or not. That is artwork and and things done by individuals before him that they created. And he is just kind of shitting on it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know about that, dude. I don't, I, I don't think that's acceptable. Because without that, without Master Kung Fu, which I don't know, I don't really find that very offensive. But like I said, once, once again, you know, I'm not you know, part of that culture, but um, I don't know, dude. I don't know. What do you think? I think if he's, if we're going to have, I guess, a Marvel's bad boy, he's the person, right? Like, yeah. you he's know, real, we have, he's uh, real bad. <laughs> well, you know, like yeah, obviously with, within like DC, you, you had uh Ray Fisher, you know, playing cyborg and all the yeah. stuff that he said about Josh weed. And now you got Ezra Miller, you know, you really don't hear too much bad words said about whether it was Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, or even any of the other actors or actresses that played, um, you know, characters in the past. And now with this, and I didn't know about this. So, you know, you're, you're always pulling up these, these articles and and it is, it's the truth. Like if, so if they had a private sign, like if CGC had a private signing and you want to send in your masters of Kung Fu number 15, or what is it? Marvel special premiere. I I forget it's first. No, I I think he'll sign that one, but he won't sign like anything that says, Master of Kung Fu. He won't sign any Master of Kung Fu comics okay. or so other like, comics which are deemed offensive, which I don't really understand. Okay, cool, dude. Yeah, like I don't, what's, what What's offensive to you? Do we need a, like, yeah, bro. You, I didn't even think about what you're talking about. Like, print out a list then, I guess, so you don't send yeah, your like, books to CGC for two years. It'll be, it'll be in the small print. Like, he will not sign these 50 different books. And you're like, all right, well, some of these are keys in my mind. Or, you know, like, it's, it'd be right. cool to have. It's like, what if it's a really cool cover? Like, in, I want to get this signed. You're not going to sign it? Like, come on. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think it's kind of stupid to get an actor who played the role signing a book anyway. But whatever. Um, Unless they do the some photo people variance. Are into that. Yeah. That's the only time, like, I would probably get, you know, something done like that. Like, you know, they've done Iron Man, they've done Black Widow, all the different Avengers, Spider-Man. And those are cool. Like, I think those are cool covers to get. Like, I would never get an actor or actress to sign a book. Actually, I take that back because I really want Ashley Eckstein to sign, like, <laughs> the Clone Wars 1. But that was an animated. That wasn't, yeah. like, a live action. Like, I probably would... I, I, I don't think I could have Rosario Dawson sign a Clone Wars 1 mm-hmm. because she's live action. But if they did, right. like, a photo variant, then, yeah, then I would definitely... I'd be all down for that. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like we got bigger issues than. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> bigger issues in the world than Simu Lu, like refusing to sign master of Kung Fu books. Like, come on, dude. Anyway. So yeah. that's our, uh, that's our movie talk with uh, the different stuff that we got with the Batman and that and the Ezra Miller deals and, and Shang-Chi. So let's wrap up with some comic book talk. Uh, this one, I felt like this one flew under the radar. So 
last week over at bleedingcool.com, Something is Killing the Children 22 is going to be getting three first appearances. So in January, Something's Killing the Children Volume 4, top charts, sales charts. Of course, James Tinian and Weather, Weather Deladera's show-stopping, amazing book, Something is Killing the Children, is not slowing down with the surprise drop of Something is Killing the Children number 21. The ash can that came out a few weeks ago or maybe even a month ago at this point has now helped double the sales of issue number 21, surpassing over 145,000 copies, making it definitely the clear contender for top in March. But with issue number 22, we are hearing that they are not only going to be introducing two new monster hunters who might top Erica Slaughter as your favorite badass, but Ooh. also a new house. So with these uh, upcoming issues, and, and you know, we're still in early development of the possible Netflix series, you know, what are you thinking that uh, they can bring on that'll change this series, especially with the issues number 22? I mean, I think this is uh, this is the way they need to go. Uh, they need some new characters. Like, don't get me wrong, Eric is awesome, but we saw House of Slaughter. We've been getting, you know, um, older characters and some new characters and fleshing them out more. But to really keep a run going, you need good supporting characters because they, you know, spoiler alert, I guess if you haven't read much, something is killing the children. But Aaron dies. He's like the only real supporting character we had. Mm -hmm. And so he goes away. And then... Um, yeah, we've had like the people who kind of trained her a little bit, but you don't get too much about that as well. Um, I think you need a little bit more, some other hunters out there because what you do by showing other hunters is you show the difference in why Erica might be so much better than everyone else, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think this something is killing the children universe needs to expand and needs more characters that are going to stick around for a while. Yeah. And it always helps with then, getting like a spinoff series. Right. Like, of course, like you said, like with Aaron and obviously in chase and in the house of slaughter, you know, that's like one storyline, but then how they're going to introduce a new house, maybe that the next house of slaughter series, if they, like, let's just say house of slaughter is only 12 issues or 10 issues. Mm -hmm. Then when they come back for like a volume two, this will be like a completely different house. Maybe it'll be whatever the house is called. Right. Right. So that would be really interesting. And something that you've always talked about here on the podcast is, Obviously, the different masks and the different colors mean oh, yeah. it's cool. different things. So, yeah. So if we're going to get a new house, now you're already thinking like, oh, man, what could they do? Like, because I'm already yeah. intrigued. Like, I didn't know about this article until this week. And even though the article came out about a week and a half ago, I feel like it, it went under the radar. So I'm really excited to definitely see what's going to happen in, the, in these next this new story arc with uh, with something is killing the children. Because I feel like when especially image books, like when they're on hiatus. And then they come back. They always come. This, that first issue always comes back strong. But sometimes the arcs themselves are always stronger as a whole than when they come out like month to month. Like at the end, you're like, wow, that was a really good story arc when you think about it. Yeah, I, I can't wait for it to come back for sure. I'd like to see. Yeah, I mean, whether they do like house spinoffs, like, you know, like, like you said, and I, I spoke about before, I'd love to see like little minis on the different masks like the black masks and the, the red mask the gold masks all those i'd like to see little minis on them um because there's some i mean they hinted at some really cool ones like the ones who who just attack dragons like yo talk about them that sounds badass um i don't want to see more of these little insect monsters what they do <laughs> I mean, they're cool yeah. but <laughs> show me some dragons man yeah go like not not off world go like out of out of the states like go overseas go like 
right. Canada, South America. Like, we want to see some crazy monsters that could appear yeah. in, in different countries. You could do, yeah, and obviously, like, cultural-type monsters as well, you know, that are specific mm -hmm. to those cultures. That would be really cool. So, so, of course, as we end always the podcast, every week we talk about what are we currently reading, and I have to admit that with it being Wednesday as we're recording this and I am going to Anaheim for WonderCon, I did not get a chance to even go to my comic shop or pick up any of the new books. So I currently have nothing that I'm reading right now. Um, of course, I'm always reading old stuff. So Zach is going to start us off with what he's currently reading. Okay. So I haven't even finished all my books either. So it's early in the week and things got busy. But I got a couple books I'd like to talk about. So... Um, Man, hot garbage. I kind of got some hot garbage, which I think yeah. you're going to appreciate. Um, All right. So you're yeah. saying I don't have to pick this book up? <laughs> well, you weren't going to up. anyway, because you've been oh, shitting God. all you've been shitting all over. <laughs> so this probably help you out here. Uh, Hulk five was pretty bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this Hulk run, man. It's I was trying to stay positive about it at the beginning, um, but the whole like operating a spaceship of the Hulk. It's it's. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's. It, they got they got to do something. They got to pick this and turn this thing around. Turn that ship around if we're gonna, you know, huh. play, play into what they're doing. You see what yeah. I did there? So, yeah. So uh, Hulk Five was kind of piss poor, but the books I really enjoyed this week. First off, uh, a couple honorable mentions: Dark Ages Six, wrapping up that series um, was real cool, fun little six issue, you know, uh, alternate universe, post apocalyptic type run. Uh, had a pretty cool ending. I, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, I definitely got to read that. Iron Fist Two was really good. I'm 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 liking the uh, the Swordmaster stuff. I kind of wish it dragged. I don't know if drag is the right word. Obviously, they have to flesh it out a bit, but it didn't. Uh, I, I wanted to start moving a little bit quicker, but I'm liking it and I'm enjoying the character for sure. Well, I heard there is a cameo at the end. Yes. big surprise reveal, which right. is something that I've been specking on for a while. I won't right, and you were right, it, man. But... Yeah, uh, I won't say it because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Not that it really matters because I doubt there's a ton of Swordmaster fans out there. He's such a new character, but it's cool. Like you should be reading this. It's a good. It's a good read. Yeah, I saw the covers um, on, of course, Shade's today. Uh, what page is it? She did. She did her stories. So right. Saw the, some of the covers for a lot of these books, and uh, I definitely want to pick it up. I like the cover with him, both uh, both the Iron Fists on there. So it's pretty dope, uh, and I, I I'm enjoying that series. So so my tie for my pick of the week is um obviously man x-men always gonna be my number one and immortal x-men came out today immortal x-men number one which really focuses on the quiet council the council that's ruling the x-men but this issue really focused on mr sinister which he's kind of been creeping around the backgrounds throughout this like dawn of x storylines and we don't really know what his motivations are i mean you never probably will with mr sinister but um I really thought this issue was awesome. There's a bunch of cool covers for this this run, and I'm really excited for Immortal X-Men to move on. Um, and then the other book I really liked, it's another fun little like uh, alternate universe story, and I, I think you're reading this, is the DC versus Vampires. You're reading that, right? Yeah. 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 So, um, and I don't want to spoil it, but issue six, it's, you know, obviously they're trying to, if, you're, if you've been reading it, they're trying to figure out who the king of the vampires are. And uh, it's really cool who it ends up being. Um, it was a fun issue. I, I'm enjoying this run. I think it's 10 or 12 issues. 12. 12. 12. Yeah, I think they're halfway through, right? Yeah. So yeah, halfway, halfway through. through. And um, 
It's cool. It's fun. It's Tom Taylor, right? Tom, no, it's Tinian. It's Tinian, Taylor, right? Like. No, it's Tinian and Rosenberg. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because Taylor's doing Taylor's doing the other one. Then. Yeah. So I think he's doing Dark Ages. I think it's what we're thinking of. But yeah, it's Tinian and Rosenberg. It's really cool. It's a fun read. Uh, vampires, DC Universe. So check that shit out too. Awesome. A lot of good picks. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, like I didn't, I didn't get a chance to stop the shops. So I have nothing that I'm currently reading for the new releases, but of course I'll be uh, taking something on my trip to WonderCon, probably a trade paperback or an omnibus or something like that for this flight out there. So um, wrapping up season two, episode 13. Again, we want to thank all the women that we've had on the podcast this past month. Yeah, a lot of fun. Jen, of course, for being on the podcast, giving us her time today as well um, for myself. Uh, if you are listening to this and you are heading to WonderCon, I will definitely be walking around, whether it be with my Comic-Con podcast t-shirt or my Lords of the Long Box shirt. So if you see me, feel free to stop by. Give me a high five. Probably have my pins and some stickers and stuff like that for the podcast. And uh, I'm excited to get out there, man. It's definitely going to be a lot of fun. So, um, yeah. Zach, what about you? I'm going to be living vicariously through your posts and... <laughs> text messages which i'm sure i'll be receiving a lot of um oh definitely but yeah you're gonna have fun man that's gonna be great awesome so thanks everybody for checking out the podcast of course we will be back here next week peace out everybody later